If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast. It's episode 287. This is our 2024 Sony Open in Hawaii and Dubai Invitational Bets pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting previews for both events. We've got strokes gained rankings for the Sony, course form statistics combined with current form stats for both events, plus, of course, predictor models. All of that content is available across both events, completely free of charge with no paywall. On X, Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf bang. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. If you are listening to the podcast on YouTube, can you please give the show a like? Also, I have to put this in here. We are razor close to 500 five stars on Spotify. So if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify, can you please take two seconds and just press the five-star button. Thank you very much. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Here we go. Simply the best. This is our first review of 2024. Simply the best is the title five stars. Have been a loyal listener for a couple of years now and never miss it every week if I decide to bet or not. Have learned more about grass than I ever thought I would in my life. I'm about to move to France to go to business school and it will remain as part of my weekly routine as a taste of home. Who knows, I might even build a model and make us all filthy rich. Happy New Year to you all. And that is from Harry in London, shortly Fontainebleau, France. Harry, thank you for your five-star review. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Harry. And uh, best of luck with your Parisian uh, adventure over the next few years. I'm jealous. Well, the- Just gets to have cro- croissants all the time. That's uh, um, <laughs> it's a big win. I mean... Sec- obviously, the, the, the winning model will be a good thing to have, too. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Fontainebleau, wasn't that a uh, royal palace? Well, yeah, you're I think talk- they had Fontainebleau you're and they monster. had Versailles. They had a couple. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the century from last week, shall we, chaps? Great tournament. Birdies galore. As Barry's already highlighted off Mike a tweet that was available from Doug Ferguson yesterday, and Doug highlighted it was the scoring was just absolutely incredible, wasn't it? Mm. 
uh, incredibly low. Didn't you say something about um, Barry? What did what did um, Sung Jm do during the course of the century? The, I mean, this is not. This is actually crazy when you think about it. He, he was birdie. He had birdie or better on thirty four of the seventy two holes, which is a record on the tour. Uh, unfortunately, he had a few few too many drop shots. The, the other thing that was wild is that he did that and he still didn't win by four shots. Mm. So, like, it's um, that was a bit of a crazy week. It was a lot of fun watching loads of birdies and eagles go in. You know, long drives, balls funneling in close. Like, it's it's a really, it's like a really good opener to the season. It's just that off you go, make a whole bunch of birdies and. See see where it stacks up at the end. Yeah. Sunday's scoring average was 66.66. This is the kind of stuff that I thrive on, as, as you guys all know. 66.66 was Sunday's scoring at Kapalua. It was the lowest to par for any round on the PGA Tour. The previous record was in Palm Springs in 2003. Of course, that was the old Bob Hope Lottery, now the American Express. 66.66 for the field against a par of 73. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so if you're not shooting seven under par, you're, uh, you're, you're, losing, you're losing position. Nah. Crazy. It is. Chris Kirk, chaps, mm. 150 to one, beat... Sahith Tagala by a shot and Jordan Spieth, your selection, Barry, by two. Discuss. Six wins now for for Kirk, isn't it? He can. Mm. He, he's had a sneaky good career, hasn't he? Mm. Often uh, underrated in that kind of field, um, well, any kind of field really, but one hundred and fifty to one. Um, and he won last year as well, didn't he? So it's not <laughs> to mm. get into the uh, to get into the tournament, of course. But yeah, no, very very impressive. Disappointing for you, Barry, of course, with uh, Spieth on board. He was he was an- annoyingly good on Sunday mm. um, when when you're trying to hunt him down. So uh, yeah, I was really impressed. I didn't um, I didn't think he was that solid. Uh, a player, but wow, he hit some—he hit some really great stuff and fully deserved the win. No, no matter what came at him, like it, he just kept popping in great shots and rolling in putts. Yeah, yeah. This I is from I, my um, this is from my century preview, chaps. Another angle is Hawaii golf. Six players to date have won both the century and the Sony Open in Hawaii. Jim Furyk, Ernie Els. VJ Singh, Zach Johnson, Justin Thomas, and Cameron Smith. Chris Kirk's record at the Sony Open is amazingly good. So there is a definite link between the Sony Open that they're playing this week and the Century Tournament that they play on Maui the week before. Mm. I'm just trying to bring up Chris Kirk's on the website. Chris Kirk's uh, form at Kapalua. He has, uh, sorry, at, at uh, Sony, he's had a fifth, a second, a tenth, a second, and a third. Mm. Do you think a win win could be on the cards, chaps? <laughs> a, a Chris Kirk win win. Maybe six PGA Tour events become seven this week. Mm. We have seen this before. Justin Thomas did it a few years ago. 
Won at Plantation, flew flew over to Honolulu, then won the Sony the week after. Hmm. It's a it's a it's a that Century tournament's very frustrating. It, I have I have got the winner quite a few times, but it's one of those where you just slap your forehead afterwards and go, oh, hun- yeah, you know. Why did I pick Eric Van Royen over Chris Kirk at 150 to 1? Yeah. We did say that a big triple digit player would be involved near the front of the leaderboard. Just didn't expect. Chris Kirk's win, by the way, was the highest that we've seen at the century going back to 2010. And uh, I think Jonathan Bird won it in 2011, maybe. Mm. He yeah. won it at 50 to 1. It makes sense though, because bigger field this year just gone. Um, mm. You're going to get some deeper prices, but yeah, if if you managed to pick out Kirk, then uh, it would have been a, a well fantastic win for a start, but uh, really well done. So, any of you guys that managed to pluck him out, good stuff. We didn't, sadly. Yeah, John, Jonathan Bird won there in 2011 at 50 to one. Barry, was there anything that you saw from any players that? You put in your notebook for future weeks and and the twenty twenty four golf season ahead. Any anything mentally that you took? Uh that's a good question. Yeah, it, do you know, I had I felt like I had a half like for after coming off a break, half decent week. Speed Straka, um, I followed your pick of um, Van Royen. All good starts to the year, like. So that that was the one thing I saw that felt, hey, we might be somewhat on the the right frequency here for in terms of betting, in terms of stuff that you can take from this tournament to bring to the rest of the year. I'll definitely look back on this when it comes to the Masters time, um, because you know there's a there's that that link between playing or su- playing successfully or well here, and at Augusta it seems to just always exist it's the, the the different slopes on the different uh, angles in which you have to hit shots um seems to be just a great tune-up so um i mean just looking at that leaderboard now you've got uh spieth was up there uh we all know his record at augusta scheffler's up there jason day zander so cantley like these have all you know guys that have gone well at augusta before or won so uh, I'll be I'll be definitely having a look back to this come come late March yeah, or early defen- April. The, yeah, the defending champion was John Rahm, Cam Smith, even Sahith Tagala. Don't forget Tagala made his debut at Augusta last year and finished in ninth place as a debutant. And then he goes out there and finishes one shot back at Chris Kirk at Kapalua. There's a lot. Sung Jm's another one, isn't he? Sung Jm goes well around Augusta, hasn't mm. he? Had a runners-up finish there. Yeah, post-COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, Morikawa's got a decent record at Augusta, but ultimately probably isn't long enough to win there. I, I do think you need to have a little bit more power. As we saw with Chris Kirk, he's by, you know, shorter hitters do have great opportunities to win at Kapalua, the plantation course, which mm. Augusta really is proper total driving bomber heaven. But yeah, there is a lot of crossover. I think Max Home is going to go well down at Augusta, seeing as he now has the the longest drive on tour ever. <laughs> yeah, saw that. Yeah, was it four seventy seven or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four seventy nine. Right. Lo- I loved his Twitter action after it, saying it was all carry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <so right. laughs> Before we move on, one thing I will say: Victor Hovland has got a very ordinary record 
at the plantation course. And that's probably worthy of just taking on board when you come to backing him at 11-1 to 1 to win the Masters this year. If there is this close, close correlation. You know, it's, 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 it's the quirky lies, isn't it? There's not many flat shots at Kapalua, yeah? Mm, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I always say, you know, I always used to get hung up about Bryson DeChambeau playing Augusta National. It was a past 67 for, for, for DeChambeau, wasn't it? And I, no, year after year, would get sucked into Bryson's going to bomb it round there and win the Masters. And then he'd finish like 48th or miss the cut. Yeah. Because he just I can't know. cope with uneven lies. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't be, don't know this character assassination of Hovland. He finished tight 20 seconds, 21 under. He had three rounds, 65, 67, and 67. He had a poor round on Saturday. He just shot 72 on Saturday, which mm. just says to me he might have had a... Oh, look, he had a bad little stretch. He had a bogey and a double bogey, a triple bogey on the back nine. So take that triple bogey out. He's 24 under and only a, you know, a few putts away from winning. So mm. I'm, I'm not going to put a line through him for Augusta just yet. No. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah, that- he'll, he'll, be, he'll be a good each way bet to finish... Bear, second his, behind Max Homer. His, his plantation record is 31st, 30th, 18th, and 22nd. And if you look at his Augusta record, it's warming. There's absolutely no doubt about that. He was 32nd, 21st, 27th, and then he had his first top 10 last year in 7th place. That's ominous. All I'd say is I don't think it comes as naturally to Victor Hovland, these uneven fairway lies. That's, I'll leave it at that. Just worthy of note, I think. Right, the Sony Open is our action this week on the PGA Tour. We will clearly go through Paul's new DP World Tour event later on. This is played at the Wildlife Country Club. It is the first full field event of 2024. It's a field of 144 players. And there's already... Uh, a lot of uh, content out there on social media about a lot. I think it's like 12 or 14 of the Corn Ferry graduates have not got a starting spot for the Sony Open, which shows you how competitive it's going to be in terms of depths of field early on in 2024 on the PGA Tour. Mm. Yeah, and that's without some of the... um some of the DP World Tour players who got their cards coming over as well, so they would have uh, they would have made it even more competitive in that respect. Yeah, in terms of the in terms of the um, the way that the ordering works on invitations, I believe the DP World Tour players are above the Corn Ferry. So yeah. if you're one of those guys that come across the top ten, you're going to get a start effectively ahead of them. Yeah, whenever you want it. Mm. So that that's uh, interesting in what in terms of uh, the way that they're pulling the fields together for these events. Right, in terms of bookmaker of the week for the Sony Open, we're actually highlighting Ladbrokes this week, who have gone ten places each way at a fifty odds the place on their Sony Open default market. So. Fair play to Ladbrokes, 10 places each way on any bet you place each way at the Sony Open in their main market. That's amazing value 
If you want to maximise your opportunity of return this week in a 144-man field, Ladbrokes, as we record this podcast, also have better odds than Skybet's 10 places each way extended market on, for examples, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tyrrell Hatton, Russell Henley and Corey Connors. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Ladbrokes sport account, you can find details of their current bet £5, get £20 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. So yeah, Ladbrokes have gone 10 places each way. You've also got Betfred, again, eight places each way via their Pick Your Places market. Sky Better offering, uh, I think, 8, 10 and 12. You've got Boyle Sports offering 8, 10 and 12. Betfred are offering 8. Bet365 are offering 8. It's a real... The way that the, the extended markets on golf betting, they've, they've absolutely exploded in 2024. We're seeing lots of operators offering extended each-way places. So make sure you shop around, listeners, if you're having an each-way punt this week. Right, let's talk about the golf course, shall we? Wildlife Country Club, we see it every year, so it's one that we're pretty up to speed with. It's on. It's in Honolulu. It's a coastal golf course. Uh, it's basically ac- across a freeway, I believe, from the coast. It tends to be resort scoring. I, do you know what? If I was writing this again today, I might actually bring that back to mid-score. I, the amount of wind that we're seeing in the forecast is increasing by the minute. It's definitely a short golf course. It's a par 70, only two par 5s. It's 7,044 yards in length. So this is nothing like Kapalua. Holes with water in play, 5. Uh, in terms of the agronomy... Bermuda grass fairways, Bermuda grass rough, up to three inches. Uh, greens, 7,100 square feet, which aren't Kapalua size, but they're pretty chunky, pretty chunky greens. This is a dying uh, dying grass on the PGA Tour, chaps. Tiff dwarf Bermuda grass greens. Mm. Used to see quite a lot of it, but it's all been taken over by Champion and Tiff Eagle. I yeah. believe they've still got Tiff dwarf greens that are overseeded at... PGA West next week in California. As ever, golf by the coast tends to be the the winning score this week is going to be dictated by those wins. Now, we've seen here score separation. Hideki Matsuama, when he putted like Phil Mickelson in his pomp in 2022. Mm. Yeah, I said that. Phil Mickelson and Hideki Matsuama in terms of putting comparisons. 23 under that week, he beat Russell Henley. Uh, that was two years ago. And then you can have it as low as 11 under, two years prior to that, Cameron Smith. So that's what I'm saying about the scoring. I'm looking at Windfinder right now. I'm seeing gusts up to 25 miles an hour Thursday afternoon. It looks easier in the morning. I have to say, you might get a little bit of an AM-PM advantage, potentially. Not by much, but a little. Friday, it was always going to be windy on Friday. 25 mile hour gusts throughout. Might just ease off a tad in the afternoon, sort of gusting 20. So this is why I'm thinking AM-PM might be the slot. 
And then on Saturday, that was going to be pretty calm as of yesterday when I was doing all of my work. But now Tuesday morning, the wind is freshening and it's going to be 20 mile an hour gusts on Saturday. It is absolutely um, calm as you like on Sunday. So do not be surprised to see players shooting seven and eight unders and jumping from 43rd in the field to a top six finish and getting each way money on Sunday. Interestingly enough as well, chaps, there's been a lot of rain in Honolulu across both November and December. And there is high probability of rain uh, today, Tuesday, over in uh, Hawaii. So I think you are going to see lush fairways and receptive greens at the start of the tournament. This course does drain well, but mm. if it's rained such an, an amount pre-tournament week and it's yeah. raining Monday and Tuesday, um, I think we're going to see soft conditions in play. I'm just looking here because it's still night over there. There's a 100% chance of rain overnight and a 75% chance of rain on Tuesday. So I think you're going to get soft fairways and greens and we're going to see 20 to 25 mile an hour gusting winds on Thursday, Friday and potentially Saturday as well. So I think where I've said resort scoring, I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at something around that 17, 18, 19 under par mark winning rather yeah. than 24, 25. Yeah, the bit of wind, it's not going to get super out of control. But they do love a soft golf course, though, these pros, don't they? Darts. Mm. Absolute darts, mate. We've seen with these players. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Barry's on our predictor model right now using our free facility pool. And he's gone to the soft golf course variable. And he's going to the, uh, he's, he's going to the wind variable. And he's just going to throw some names at us. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Bermuda grass greens, maybe Barry for your model. I didn't. Get uh, by the, the way, they, they've had over an inch of rain on Monday, and it's still Monday over there as we're recording the mm. podcast. So they've had an inch on Monday. Yeah, it's not going to be bone dry, is it? No. Right. Well, I can't believe I paid a tenner for this, Steve. But I want that back. Um, <laughs> Top top ten maxed out for soft wind positive and Bermuda positive. Uh, in starting at tenth, we've got Harmon, Palmer, Poston, Connors, List, English, McCarthy, Kisner, Henley, Simpson. Russell it's ten Henley. to one. Yeah, the, pun the punter's fave. Always sea of blue against Russell Henley. Would you say he's like a bookie's favourite? Like I'd say they get so much money on him versus how often he wins. Oh, don't. What are you that? He did did win uh, relatively recently, didn't he? But yes, yeah. Always one of those names that I just can't palette from a uh, particularly from a Sunday perspective. Mm. Like on the PGA Tour, here we go. So he's got he won Sony in twenty thirteen, Honda Classic twenty fourteen, the Houston Open in twenty seventeen. And the Worldwide Technology Championship in 22. Mm. Yeah. 
But that guy, I mean, how often do you see Henley, Henley's odds drifting? Yep. Significantly, anyway. It just, I, he's just a no go for me, purely, yep. purely on that basis. He's on, he's on my post it note of doom, as you know. So yeah. And what, watch him, watch saying. him, watch him do it this week now after us tra- trashing him <laughs> property. So, yeah. Watch anyway. him win by six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is how he wins is. as well, isn't it? I think he won that WWT with like nine shots ahead, heading. Even even Russell yeah. couldn't give that one up. I think that's he what sh- he needs to do, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he one by four. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he can go in with an uneven, uneasy one shot lead into Sunday and expect him to convert with uh, Chris Kirk style aplomb. This was my podcast. Uh, this was my predictor top ten, Japs. I had Hoagie in 10, Fitzpatrick 9, Siwoo Kim 8, Chris Kirk 7, Harmon 6, Rose 5, Matsuama 4, Hatton 3, Henley 2, <laughs> Lucas Glover number 1. Uh, just to throw some other stuff in there, post if you look at the past 5 renewals here, the average winning price is 48 to 1. That's why I'm not chasing favourites this week. If you actually go back to 2010 and Ryan Palmer... <laughs> This was his last ever individual win on the PGA Tour, 2010, I believe. He won at 250 to 1. Mm. The overall average is 75 to 1 for the winner of this. So I'm not chasing Aberg this week, I have to say. And I don't think this is an Aberg course either. Aberg is a prestigious driver of the golf board, and you know you just know that his tee to green numbers are, are made predominantly. But do you know what? I've actually gone on to uh, Wikipedia on this anal. Uh, that was Ryan Palmer's last singles victory, Sony Open in 2010. He did win the Zurich Classic yep. with John Rahm in 2019. He's a he's a winning machine, isn't he, Ryan Palmer? He's up there with Russell Henley. Really, it's um, not a patch on Russell. No. Um I just uh, this golf course is all about when you look at the numbers it's all it's it's pretty wide off the tee the rough doesn't tend to add up to much. I don't know if the rough is going to be a little bit tougher this year because of the rain they've had. Um but it tends to be all about strokes gained on approach having a reasonable around the green game and you know you either make most of your strokes gained via absolutely precise approach play and you're knocking in six to eight footers, or not quite as precise and you've got a red or putter. I don't know if that really helps. All, all I'm suggesting is if, you've got, if you're backing players that are really gaining most of their strokes off the tee rather than on approaching with the putter, they're probably not going to win. We want kind of scoring technicians that are good in the wind this week. Who can navigate and plot. Plotters, Paul. The old Jim Furick. The ones, you know, we've used that phrase for over 10 years. Isn't it? It, it's plotters will prosper. Yeah, as long as they can make a few putts. Yeah. Siwoo Kim, the defending champion, he won at 45-1 to 1 last year. Right, I have, in the end, squeezed six into my selections. And they pretty much are, 
apart from one, plotters will hopefully prosper this week. Team No Putt, which I was certainly a part of last week with both Max Homer and Colin Morikawa being in the top three for strokes gained tee to green and not being able to hit a barn door with a banjo with a putter. Um, hopefully I can actually get a plotter this week that does make some putts. Now, I say that laughing already. I've gone as my top selection, Corey Connors, the Canadian. One and a half points each way. I managed to get 28 to 1 with Bet365, eight places each way on Monday, early afternoon on Connors. I know he's been backed in from that. If you look at his last 12 rounds around here, he's shot a 64, 64, 64, 64, 65, 66, and a 66. He's finished 3rd, 12th, 11th, and 12th across those four visits to Honolulu. And his, his tee to green game is already... He's already ranking in the top 10 for tee to green on the tour, although we've only had one stop. But clearly with Corey, we know he's one of these guys that does struggle with the putter. When he starts putting at neutral or better, watch out. Now, thanks to Paul's amazing strokes gained analysis, we can actually look at how Corey plays on this golf course across his history. He ranks 15th for approach in this field, 11th for tee to green, 13th for strokes gained ball striking. He's 5th for strokes gained total at YLI. But if you actually look at four of his five appearances here, he's actually putted positively. He's actually been in the top ten twice here for strokes game putting, which for Corey Connors is like earth-shattering. So if he can just piece something together this week, I did like Corey Connors at 28-1. to 1. So he's my top selection. Now, I don't know. We, we always record this completely blind. Paul... Where do your selections start this week? And Barry, where do yours start? Pull first. Um, I've got two 50s and uh, a three-figure shot as well. What about you, Barry? Uh, I'm kind of flipping coins. They're all in the 30 to 50-ish range. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go through Sahith Tagala next. I just think I managed to get 35 to 1 on Sahith Tagala with Boyle Sports. Fair play to Boyle Sports. I got them eight places each way yesterday. So I've gone a one and a half point selection on Sahid Tigala. We have seen, it hasn't happened for a while, but that doesn't mean that things don't happen as we saw last week with a 150 to 1 winner at the century. We haven't seen for a while, but Justin Thomas went back to back, as we mentioned earlier in the pod. Jimmy Walker finished runner up at the century and then won this. And Fabian Gomez finished sixth at the century and then came here and won the week after. So it can happen. I just get a feeling with Tagala, when you just look at the way he plays, his weakness is off the tee, but his approach play around the green and putting can be absolutely lights out. This golf course and where Sahih Tagala has done well at in the past do translate very, very, very well. So I'm just thought I will cover off Tigala as well. So I managed to get 35 to 1, which I thought was a very generous price on a guy that finished second last week when you've got players of the ilk of Russell Henley at 20 to 1. So I took Tigala at 35 to 1. So Connor's 28, Tigala 35. What about you then, Barry? Uh, ch chip in with your selection here. 
so where I was kind of landing was around Connors, Cole, um, Danny McCarthy, <clears throat> Ben Ann. That was kind of where I was falling into place. So I think I'm kind of solidifying on Denny and Ben Ann. Um, I I don't know why I'm not on Connors or Cole. I might uh, I might switch and just add little savers on them, but that's that's kind of where I'm falling at the moment. So Cole, that would be a maiden victory. I mean, his form's ridiculous, isn't it? I know. I mean, I have I have a note saying he's like it's just a matter of when, <clears throat> but I don't want to get caught in the trap of just backing him every week because mm. that's a recipe to not win money. So, yeah. um, not that I'm the best proponent of that kind of betting strategy, but yeah, that one just feels. I, I maybe this this is the right week. He is playing amazing. Mm. He's bashing the door down. It's, it's going to break at some stage. So um, that's the problem, though. Can you pick when it's going to happen? Yeah. Didn't he win um, Rookie of the Year or something as well, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So he should be buoyed by that, shouldn't he? Oh, that's well, going to be... That's going to make him feel so good. Top 10 last week. <laughs> I think he finished top 15 or something. Yeah. 14th last week, yeah. Yeah. Just looking at it here, so... Just to put this out there for listeners, course experience seems to pay real dividends at Wileye. 17 of the past 18 champions have played the Sony Open prior to lifting the trophy. The only exception was Russell Henley in 2013. When he'd, uh, that was his first PGA Tour start in his rookie season, he arrived in Honolulu fresh from two late season wins on the Web.com Tour, as it was called then, mm. now the Corn Ferry. That put me off, actually. Aberg, Fitzpatrick, and Hatton, the three market leaders. Yep. I don't think any of them have had a try round here. No, they haven't, no. no. So I think it's interesting from a betting event. Now, I mentioned average prices earlier of winners here. I have, and it's not deliberately, it's more the way that they play their golf that I've stu- I've gone for four, and they all priced 50 to 1 or 55 to 1. They are JJ Spawn. I've all got a point each way. So JJ Spawn at 50 to 1 with Bet365, eight places each way via their each way extra facility. Adam Svensson, the Canadian, I've got him at 55 to 1. Friend of the podcast, Lucas Glover, I've backed him at 55 to 1 with Boyle Sports, eight places each way. And I just can't get enough. Keegan Bradley. 55 to 1 with Boyle Sports, eight places each way on Keegan. Now, Glover, as we know, we, we made some money on him last year. Yep. He won at the Wyndham when you were on him, Paul. Was that 90 to 1 you landed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely touch that. No one then gave him a chance the week after at the FedEx playoff. Major strength Southwind tournament, St Jude, and he won that for me. You look at those two courses, past seventies, short-ish, plotters courses. So I thought Glover at fifty-five to one was an excellent price this week for a guy that's clearly had two victories, and since then he's hardly he's hardly played badly. He played, he finished twelfth at the Hero World Challenge. 
He was sixth at the Grant Thornton Invitational when he budded up with Leona... Am I going to make Maguire. this up? Yeah, Leona Maguire. Leona Maguire. And then he was 29th last week. And actually, his 54-hole performance, he was level with the likes of Kirk. Oh, sorry. He was level with the likes of Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, and Akshay Bartia across the last 54 holes. Just started badly. Just as Van Royen did. So actually playing some really good golf under the surface. Putted terribly. But on these flat greens, and that's the thing, boys, flat greens this week. So for those guys that can get the ball close with their approach play, they're going to have a lot of shorter, flat putts. I think Glover's Glover's got a real chance. Bradley plays exactly the same kind of golf, so I'm on him at 55-1. to Uh, Adam Svensson, he won the RSM Classic a couple of years ago. does seem to like Bermuda grass over bent grass. He's hitting the ball so well from tee to green at the moment. And then JJ spawns another one. He didn't play the century, but that doesn't seem to matter. I mean, Siwoo Kim didn't play the century last year, nor did Cam Smith. So you can have players that are literally making their yearly debut this week that do win the tournament. JJ spawn. His approach play in tee to green game now is a phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So I had to I had to land him in there as well. So that's me: Bradley Glover, Svensson, Spawn, Tigala. And Corey Connors. Paul, take us through your two selections, please. Yeah, the shorter of the two um, caught my eye on Sunday. I know know everyone was shooting lights out on Sunday. But Justin Rose shot 61. Round of the week, 12 under par, 12 birdies, no bogeys on Sunday. And to me, that's got to give him huge confidence coming into this. 50 to 1 for a player of Rose's quality. I thought was worth taking. Um, he hasn't played here since 2017. Um, he was second that year. He's got three top 20s prior to that round uh, around Wai'ai'lai. So, um, yeah, he can play the course. We know that much. Mm. One on the West Coast early last year as well, didn't he? One at Pebble Beach. I think there's still a little bit of life in the old dog just yet. His last two victories have been Torrey Pines and Pebble Beach. Yeah. So he loves the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, and it shows he can get himself up for really competitive golf early in the season, early in the year as well. So, uh, so yeah, I, I was quite pleased to see 50-1 to 1 out there yesterday, so I took that. Um, the other one, and I'm assuming Barry has dropped him as well this week, so on the basis you haven't gone for Eric Van Royen, and I don't think Barry has unless um, he sneaks him in after this conversation, then um, then I've taken Eric to win this week 100 to 1 I took with Betfred and their eight places a fifth of the odds market which I thought was particularly generous mm. given that he did have a slow start and you mentioned that a second ago he started with a 72 but after that 65 69 65 fourth strokes game putting last week Kapalua um, 20th here last time he played back in 2022 he closed with a 64 that week and I think he's playing generally some better stuff right now um, he won the WWT, as we discussed last week. And uh, that bit of rust that he might have had coming into last week, that's gone now. Got rid of that in the first round. And I think he can have a big week at 100 to 1. So, yeah, just the two for me, Van Royen and uh, Justin Rose. Barry, you have the floor before we move on to the Dubai Invitational. Are you adding any into your troop? 
I might add Van Royen just to torpedo your bet, Paul, because you did that to me on speed on Sunday morning. Yeah, and apologies. you didn't give and you didn't give me notice that you lumped your heavy money on his back, so yeah. I had no chance to offload it. Yeah. Um, it's a good shout on Van Royen. Actually, I didn't even think about the the slow start and then, then turning into one of the the hotter players for the last three rounds. Hmm. Is he is he? I know accuracy is not massively important off the tee, but does the wild one or two? Maybe? I don't know. Hundred to one is good. Uh, I look at that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I can. I always struggle to not back Joel Damon and Kevin Kisner when they're playing. So I might just have a little small bit on them because they're both like triple nice triple figures. Um, I don't know if Kisner can get some good good um, good vibes out of doing the commentary booth stuff last week. That's that's kind of all I've got on Sony. I, I'm trying to hold myself back here from getting a bit crazy. <laughs> the full field event, it, uh, it's like a kid in a candy shop. There's so many options. Mm. Oh, mate. It's, it is one of those tournaments. You can literally make cases for 40 or 50 players, and they're all very, mm. very strong cases. Yeah. It tends to be like that, doesn't it? It really does. Just to get it out there, last 36 holes, right? Chris Kirk shot 131 strokes, the same as Sahith Degala, JT Poston, and a player that we haven't mentioned at all, and who's got a great record here, Andrew Putnam. Spieth shot 132, and then 133s were Harris English, and then Ben Arn was 134, Brian Harmon, Eric Cole, Adam Hadwin, Luke List, Eric Van Royen. So within three shots of Chris Kirk over the final 36 holes at the plantation course last week. There's mm. some names in there, and you just know that a couple of them will get into contention this week. Right. Let's move on to a new event on the DP World Tour. Paul, you are in action a week earlier than you usually are with the Dubai Invitational. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah, indeed. New event to, to ease us into the... Into the 2024 season. It's actually, it's the start of an extended uh, five-week stretch in the Middle East this year. So um, we've got the Dubai Invitational this week. Dubai does it classic next. Uh, then the Raz Al Khaimah Championship. Bahrain Championship is a new one. And then we're playing the Qatar Masters as well. So we've got five consecutive weeks in the Middle East, which is which is good for the players, of course. And it uh, gives us a little bit of a feel as to how players are playing in that environment as they work through that stretch. So hopefully we can continue to sharpen our tools and selections over the next uh, next month or so and uh, pick some winners up with any luck. Uh, no, no, no Abu Dhabi Championship, you'll notice from what I just said there. Now that's been shifted to the back end of the season. It's immediately before the DP World Tour Championship this year. So we've got two consecutive big Rolex Series events to close the season um, which is a bit of a change to the schedule for this year. So that should be exciting as we get to that point in November. Uh, this week first, though, um, we're off to Dubai Creek Golf and Yacht Club. Um, and this is a 60-man, no-cut, pro-am style tournament. Rory McIlroy, 3-1 to favourite for this. Um, being backed in, I suspect he's going to go off maybe 5-2, to 11-4, something like that. So if you fancy Rory to uh, to convert here, three to one is not going to be around for much longer. I shouldn't have thought. Tommy Fleetwood seven to one. 
Nikolai Huygard, 12s. Adrian Moronk, 16. Rasmus Huygard, 16. Ryan Fox, 18 to 1. Thjorbjorn Olesen, 20 to 1. 25 to 1 bar those players. Now, of course, they sound quite skinny prices, and they are quite skinny prices, but you do need to consider that this is only a 60 man field. On that basis, Boyle Sports going eight places a fifth of the odds as standard on this 60 man field is a very strong proposition in terms of each way places. Of course, Bet365 have a variety of different options as well. Um, with different each way markets and they have an eight places each way one fifth of the odds market available as well so again as per the sony do shop about because there's some really good terms out there if you are betting each way this week in terms of the course we're at dubai golf and uh dubai creek golf and yacht club as i mentioned it's a 7059 yard par 71 it's built alongside the creek in dubai hence the name designed by cole litton um cole litton designed the emirates course which we see each and every year at the dubai desert classic opened back in 1993 it was the second um, course in Dubai back in the day. It was revamped a little bit in 20 or 2004 by Thomas Bjorn alongside the EGD, the uh, European Golf Design Group, um, to just bring it up to a standard for the uh, more modern golfer back then. But that was in 2004. It's been left largely alone since, just a few tweaks to tee positions to, to make it a little bit longer. But that's essentially what we'll see, that Thomas Bjorn redesign from 2004 from 20 years ago it's a coastal course and we're just inside from the coast it's got a tropical vibe to it i think rather than desert golf so it's going to feel quite different to the emirates that other litton design relatively narrow fairways water is in play on 11 holes there's lakes alongside the creek as well um, alongside the, the the course in terms of the hazards that are out there. So uh, plenty of water in play. Three mid-length par fives all around the mid 550s, 560, that kind of yardage. And a couple of short par fours as well for the players to contend with. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be um, particularly easy. We have seen some action on the course in the past. Pretty limited. I, I have included it on the stats on the website, but if you've pour through it this week you realize just how limited it is there were a couple of events on the um, middle east tour the mina tour back in 2016 2017 and they did host the dubai desert classic here back in 1999 <laughs> and the year 2000 you see how far i'm having to go that, back it. that listeners is the kind of in-depth analysis you get completely free of charge with golf betting system <laughs> The, the oh, congratulations! That is crazy. Oh, don't. When you try I'm, I'm going to back Tommy Bjorn this week. <laughs> he was 13th here in 2000. Yeah, he, um, there were a couple of events prior to that on the Asian tour as well. I mean, you you, you really you know drag him back. There, there was no one in this week's field involved in those Asian tour events. Thomas Bjorn, as you say, was involved in that Dubai Desert Classic, um, but yeah, it, the the. Uh, data is particularly sparse what we do have though um surprisingly we do have some basic stats from those uh, dubai desert classic events that were held here around the turn of the century uh jose coceres won the um in 2000 david howe won the year before in uh, two th- or 1999 david howe back then 23 year old um, fresh-faced um young player out there winning uh, i think for the second time um, in his career at the point. 
They won 13 and 14 under par, and that was when it played as a par 72. So it wasn't a particular push over there. Of course, the par's been pulled back to a 71 now as well. So um, if you equate that and all things remaining equal, we could be looking at around about a 10, 12 under winning score potentially. Um, the only thing to say with that, the weather forecast is pretty flat. There's very little wind, um, sunny. So I, I don't know, it remains to be seen, but I, I kind of get the feeling it's not going to be an all-out birdie fest. If you look at the stats, David Howe, um, he was decent all round, actually. He was top 15 also in terms of accuracy and greens and regulation. Of course, we've only got these basic stats from back then, uh, 20 years ago. Um, Jose Caceres, first for fairways, second for greens in regulation on the year that he won. And if you look a little bit further down the list of players for those two years, um, you'll see a lot of precise operators. Lee Westwood played well there, Colin Montgomery, those kind of players. The kind of players that you expect to churn out fairways and greens were generally doing better here. It does suggest that accuracy over, over power should prevail here. Um wasn't exactly a birdie fest either. Caceres, 20 birdies on the week. Howell, 19 birdies. And they only shot uh, five under for Caceres on the par fives. David Howell, eight under. So they weren't taking the par fives apart. They weren't taking the course apart um, to that matter. And uh, generally, it was a player or players who managed to navigate their way around from tee to green without finding the water. As I said, it's on, it's in play on 11 of the 18 holes here. So you do need to be um, keeping yourself out of trouble, I think. Um, other than that, the only other thing that I can really pick out, the worst, we, had, we do have six winners here we can, we can delve into. Um, every one of them had finished top 30 on their previous start, if you go back through time. Of course, they were different tours, different um, uh, you know, different times in the past as well. And they were these players were coming in off different levels of activity, uh, depending when the event was in the year. And of course, we're starting. This is our first event since December. So... You know, that, that could be a complete red herring, but a little bit of incoming form didn't seem to be bad for the players that have done uh, or have won around here in the past. Um, we have to see how these players fare. I mean, we had the same dilemma last week with the century. You don't know how these players um, have wintered, how they've uh, how, you know, how much practice they've managed to get in over the Christmas period. Um, some will be rusty, some will be um, you know, ready and raring to go. Some played all the way up until Mauritius, which was what finished on the 17th, 20th, something like that of December. So it was uh, you know, really quite late into the year. So yeah, ultimately though, I think this course suggests that you need a little bit more strategy over than just a bum and a bomb and gouge style um attack. And I think that's really the way that I'm well, that is the way that I've approached it this week. You can't ignore the top of the market. You can't ignore Rory at the top, of course. Three to one. And as I say, I think he's going to go off shorter than that. Um, for me, if I was going to go with Rory this week, it'd have to be an all or nothing decision. It'd be you know, the one and only bet of the week. And I don't know. I've, I've looked back. I used his argument last year when I was talking about Rory at the Dubai Desert Classic, and um, he hadn't won at the time his first start of the calendar year at all during his career. And of course, he put that right last year when he just about got over the line in Dubai uh, at the Desert Classic. That's the first time that he'd done it on his uh, opening start of the year. 
three to one for me. Yes, he could go and win this, and um, we'd all just clap and you know say well done, Rory. You've beaten up a relatively weak field, and um, you know move on to move on to next week. But he is defending next week. Uh, family man now, of course. Um, you know how much effort or how much <clears throat> work will he have put in over Christmas? Mm, remains to be seen. I, I, I just for me, I, I couldn't do. It. I can't. I can't go near three to one. Really, if there was going to be a decision between that and uh, Tommy Fleetwood, I, I, I was probably more likely to take Rory over Fleetwood because Fleetwood's even less attractive. Um, seven to one best price out there. He's flying back from uh, from Hawaii. That's, you know, he's going halfway around the world to get here. The time difference by the time he gets here as well, um, it's going to be, it's going to cut down his preparation time for this. Not ideal. Seven to one, Tommy Fleetwood. Again, if he wins, he wins. I just, I'm not going to go close to those two, those two prices. The first player I have backed is Rasmus Hoygaard. Sixteen to one. It was a little bit longer first thing on the first shows yesterday, but sixteen to one now. I'm sure that Rasmus is going to be one that's keen to keep his nose no keep his nose in front of his brother in terms of the uh, total wins four wins now to Rasmus three to to Nikolai after Nikolai got over the line at the DP World Tour Championship at the back of the year and um, if you're looking between the differences between the brothers for me Rasmus is the slightly more measured of the two slightly less gung-ho um, I think Nikolai is more likely to appeal and perform better on the longer uh, courses where you need to be a bit more aggressive I think Rasmus um, contrasts that a little bit and I think this course suits him the better of the two it's decent nick in the back end of the year as well fourth in France sixth at uh, the Ned Bank 11th at the earth course as well and you remember that was when he had the pressure of trying to win one of these 10 uh, PGA Tour cards as well which he duly did um, and of course we'll see a lot of him now over on the PGA Tour during the course of 2024 but the pressure's off now I think he can come into this he can free roll to victory um, he's got no pressure on his shoulder in that respect um, and he's got a decent record over in the uh, UAE as well Ninth, the Dubai Desert Classic in 2021 7th at the Earth Course in 22 6th at Ras Al Khaimah last year as well comfortable in the region for me I think he's going to be in the mix this week Yes, one of the guys at the top could go and uh, and, and just pip him, um, but uh, I'll take a chance on that, and hopefully Rasmus can uh, uh, can keep things going for the Hoy guards. Perhaps a bit of strokes gained, uh, sibling rivalry is the order of the day this week. Um, two mid prices as well. Adrian Natalia back to forty fives. Uh, it looks to me like one viable route to success here is accuracy off the tee. And we know with Otegi, um, he's got that in spades. He led the tour in 2023 on that count. Four times a winner now. Uh, the most recent was at Valderrama. And of course, you've got to be pretty damn straight if you're going to win at Valderrama. Uh, that was back in the autumn of 2022. He's also won a couple of quirky events as well. So this 60-man Pro-Am no-cut affair should... Uh, uh, shouldn't shouldn't present any uh, issues to him in that respect. He won the Paul Laurie match play um, and the Belgian knockout when we were on him um, back a few years ago. His other win was at the Scottish Championships, so that kind of ticks the coastal vibe course box as well. Tends to do his best work on shorter, more strategic setups, and I think this course should be up um, Adrian Otegi's alley 
45 to 1. Antoine Rosner have also backed 50 to 1. Now, Rosner was one of those who was in action right up until the end of the uh, the additional events that are added at the end of the DP World Tour year. So he was in action at Mauritius. That followed 11th at the Earth Course, 15th at Leopard Creek. Now, Mauritius, he started like a man possessed. He was 11 under through 14 holes of his first round. Very much looking at a 59. He had a par 5 to go as well. Um, and uh, kind of thought at that point, I guess the thought of a 59 must have crossed his mind and um, just kind of uh, meandered his way back into the house then. Um, finished on 10 under for the day. And went backwards from there. I, I guess it may have just affected him in that respect. And uh, it's difficult to lift your game after that, I guess. But it did show to me that he was in some decent form. He was, he was certainly finding the, the bottom of the cup and uh, playing some nice stuff. And he played some nice stuff in the weeks before as well. So um, that was a positive. He's also won the fire course in Dubai back in 2020 when they played that uh, one event that was on the, uh, the neighbouring course to the Earth course over at Jumeirah. Um, also won in Qatar back in 2021 at Doha. So got some good form, good winning form in the uh, in the, the local area. Um, for me, approach play is pretty key for Rosno. And when his um, approach play is good, which it has been recently, he's finished third and fourth for strokes gained approach over his last couple of starts. Then that's when he's uh, playing his best golf. And I think Rosner could continue that this week and could go well I think finally a much longer price I've also backed Ashen Wu at 200 to 1 and 200 to 1 is still out there right now now if this is a slightly trickier test which I think I'm not saying it's going to be um, single figures I think it's going to be kind of uh, low to mid teens under par um, if it's that kind of test then that's right in Ashen Wu's wheelhouse he's won four times on tour now all of them between 9 and 16 under par. That's where he thrives. The most recent of that was at the 2022 Kenya Open. Um, he almost lapped the field that week. He finished uh, four shots in front in the end. And when everything clicks with Wu, um, he's a very capable player. Solid form in the UAE. Um, a couple of top 10s at the Emirates, which is, as we discussed, another coal lit and design. Uh, top 20 last year at both the Abu Dhabi Championship and also the Dubai Desert Classic at um, Rolex Series level. 20th on his last start at Leopard Creek, um, who's fifth going into Sunday. So some good form starting to come back into his game, just bubbling under. And um, for him, you talk about targets, President's Cup this year. The Olympics is a target for a number of players and Wu has played, he's represented China for the last two Olympics and currently he's outside of the qualification for that. So if he's going to make it three consecutive years or three consecutive campaigns where he represents China for the Olympics, he's got to pull his finger out quite rapidly. And uh, I think that would be a big target for him. I think we'll see some good performances from Wu this year. So... Um, remains to be seen, but uh, 200 to 1, happy to take a chance. And that's me, Wu, Rosner, Ategi, Hoygaard of the uh, Rasmus variety. Barry, any picks for you this week over in uh, Dubai? Um, I, looking at Connor Syme, Marcel Siem, and one that you've been on, a uh, guy you've been on quite a bit, Dan Brown. Yep. 
but I'm a very light on any digging into this, so it's kind of just initial thoughts. Yeah, it's it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? With uh, with so so little to go on, um, kind of going on specification, and I, ultimately, I'm I'm kind of pitching it towards the more accurate types. Um, but uh, yeah, that that <laughs> that could be way off the mark. So it remains to be seen. It will be a guessing game to a certain degree. Might be a, might be a week to um, just to see how the first week uh, first round goes and to get a feel as to the kind of player that's uh, that's performing could, could and getting be, stuck yeah. in there. It's a double whammy of the Christmas break plus a effectively a new golf course or a fresh course. Yep, yep, definitely. What about you, Steve? Anyone you've backed in this one? No, I'm going to sit it out. Watching New tournament. Grief. Yeah, I don't. I'd be disingenuous to to put any any bets on really, or to uh, to point people in any bets. New course, new event, new year. I expect Rory wins by seven. Yeah, I mean, there's always the danger, isn't there? And we'll have to see if if he does he does and uh, but three to one I just I, it, it, there's, there's, there's no interest in that for me because he, he could finish second or third or fourth and he'll have a fantastic week and he'll, he'll be sharpening himself up for his defence next week over at the Emirates and uh, could go and win that at a similar kind of price but mm. um, yeah does he win straight off the bat I don't know I, I think his biggest asset his driving is going to be negated a little bit here because of the dimensions of the course, and it might just frustrate him a little bit. If you, if you can't pull the driver out, and yeah, yeah the, the short par fours and the, um, the the par fives, he's going to be able to attack them, and he, he could he could make sufficient score on those holes to, to get himself over the line. But I think some of the other holes are just going to just going to rein him back a little bit, which um, which might not appeal. We'll see. Fascinating field for next week: the Dubai Desert Classic, mm. Rory. Tommy, Tyrrell's flying back from Hawaii. Yep. That particular charter jet, that's getting some mileage. Bringing Tommy back last week and Tyrrell back next. Nikolai Hoygaard with Rasmus. We've got Adrian Moronk. We've got Ryan Fox. And then you scan down and you see Joaquin Neiman, who I believe could get into the world's top 50 by winning in Dubai like he won in Australia Mm -hmm. and two American Raiders Brian Harmon and Cameron Young so an interesting field for the Dubai Desert Classic next week yeah, we've also because we we know that some of the um, players who didn't manage to win a or secure a, a PGA Tour card from their campaign last year would find their way onto the DP World Tour as well. So the five players that have got a start who were PGA Tour players um, are MJ Duffy, Matthias Schwab, Kevin Tway, Dylan Fratelli and Kevin Chappell. They're the five that are coming over. They come the other way. Interesting. Oh, Adam Scott's playing as well. Very diverse. Yeah, diverse field by the looks. Very diverse. Interesting field for next week. Be a good one to get stuck into. But yeah, hopefully we can get a result this week that sets us up for uh, for next week and the rest of the season. I hope your bets go well, chaps. Yeah, best luck, boys. You too, lads. 
Best of luck to listeners. We will be back next week for the American Express on the PGA Tour. And, of course, the Hero Dubai Desert Classic on the DP World Tour. Don't forget, if you are listening on um, Spotify, please press that five-star button. We'll be back next week. See you soon. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf